welcome to Radio Utopistan. Last episode I told you we're gonna go to Africa. And I was told last episode made someone cry. That's not the intention, of course. But I'm happy if it moves you, if it resonates. So, Africa. We're gonna go to Congo, to be precise. The Democratic Republic of Congo. I have quite some question marks as to why it's called Democratic Republic of Congo. So today we're talking to a lady who is fighting for real democracy in Congo, not just on paper or in its name, but on the ground, in the streets, on social media and in its prison cells. Radio Topistan is a place to gather visionary people from around the world, to interconnect ideas and people who fight for their utopias. For example, for democracy and the end of corruption in Congo, one of the most corrupt and exploited countries in the world. It's not about blueprints of how to organize societies or how to organize your fridge or our forests. It's about roadmaps, ideas and inspirational people along the way about building a kaleidoscope, a network of progressive spaces within the system or outside the system. My name is Elisabeth Weidt, I'm a journalist, mostly reporting on topics like natural resources or extremism, so palm oil, copper, conflict, Nazis and Islamists. Not very delightful, I have to say. So I thought collecting people that shine a more hopeful light on those topics might be refreshing. Happy if you come along. Today we meet Grace Cabera from Goma at Lake Kivu in eastern Congo. And I know I already said it last time, but fellow humans, she is impressive again. Grace is 27 and a member of the Lucha movement since its early days in 2011. Lucha stands for Lutte pour le changement. Excuse my French. It means fighting for change. With change, they mean the end of corruption and violence. And instead, creating a real democracy with social justice and accountability, with clean water, paved roads and free education. With fighting, they mean non-violent fighting, demonstrations, leaflets, letters, social media campaigns. For that, they were honored with different international peace and human rights awards. Nevertheless, some members of Lucha had to spend months in prison. Some are even dead now. One young man, for example, died in the flames of his burning house in 2018. The investigation of the government and the UN said it was an accident. Lucha members say something else. Another young Lucha member even was shot dead at a demonstration just a few days after I spoke to Grace. So keep this in mind, please, while listening to what she says here. She also has it on her mind, but she wants to speak up anyway. Her utopia is a new Congo, Congo Nouveau. We believe there is a way to create another Congo, a Congo where people are living in peace, a Congo where students can get scholarship from the government, a Congo where everything works, everything works as it's, it must. The conditions are too bad. There is, no, there is no everything. The situation is like that because the government is not responsible enough. We have fear because we are human beings. We have fear like everybody, but we have fear, right? And we have hope. Now the hope is bigger than the fear we have. So we have to continue fighting. We have to win this struggle one day. I want my, my little daughter to be proud of her country. I don't want her to be dreaming, maybe go to Europe, or to America, or in another country, no. I want her to stay in a safe country, in a beautiful country. That's the reason why my fear cannot stop me. There is no everything, Grace says. And of course, at the same time, there is 
everything. There is copper, gold, diamonds, cobalt, and then there is the Congo rainforest, which makes up one of the most important wilderness areas still left on Earth. It's the world's second largest tropical forest after the Amazon. But nevertheless, Congo is counted among the five poorest countries in the world. The curse of resources, this paradox is called. I have a copper bracelet from Congo, and I almost never take it off. It's from a visit some three years ago in Lubumbashi in the south, where most of the copper and cobalt is being mined. A dear friend of mine lives there, and I could do some journalist work. Here's some old recording from the Biennale of Lubumbashi, an international art fair. You hear a street performance of Sara Mukadi about Congolese women who dared to protest against their oppressors during colonial times. This visit really touched even though I was just a glimpse into this tragic yet beautiful, witty and life-loving culture. And its unacknowledged history of being exploited. Around 10 million Congolese people were killed or died of exhaustion under the regime of the Belgian King Leopold II around 1900. Europe needed rubber and ivory. In Belgium, there still are statues of Leopold II. They are vandalized now in Black Lives Matters protests. Then, in the Congo Wars of the 90s, when different militias were fighting for freedom, gold and diamonds, another 5.6 million people were killed. Today, there are about 4 million refugees within the country. We are not asking for charity anymore because that didn't work here. We are not asking for food anymore. We are not asking for money anymore, but we are asking for solidarity in what we are doing. Some of the NGOs help some, but they're not many. Others, I, I think they are here like tourists. And that hurts, that hurts us so much. Since my visit in Lubumbashi, I always wanted to talk to somebody from the Lucha movement. Where is all their hope and energy coming from to fight for change, for democracy in a place like this? It seems to be such a huge task and at the same time such a big risk. So via a friend of a friend's colleague, I got Grace's mobile phone number. We started texting and then had a phone call just via voice to save electricity and internet. Hey, Grace. Hello. Hello, Grace. I'm very happy we can talk now. Yeah, I'm very happy too. You want to call like this or shall we call with video? Actually, it won't be possible to talk via video because I don't have electricity. Ah. So I, I make it quick so you, your electricity is not getting wasted too much, okay? Okay. Okay. Wh where are you right now so that we can imagine and picture you sitting somewhere? Where are you? Goma. I live in Goma. Mm -hmm. I'm married and I have one baby. So I'm home at this time. You have a baby? Yeah, I have a little girl. She's seven months. Oh, how sweet. What's her name? Oh, thank you. She's called Iragi. It means grace, but in her mother tongues, Kihavu, from Idri, Iceland. My husband is from Idri, Kivu Lake, so they talk a language called Kihavu, and in that language, grace means Iragi. Ah, okay, now I understand. Nice. So let's talk about Lucha. What, what is Lucha fighting for exactly? And what's your role in that? Okay, Lucha is a citizen movement, social movement. We are fighting for human dignity and social justice. That is the main idea. 
but we are, you know, our country has got many, many problems. So we, we are trying to fight for many, many things at the same time. So me, I am involved in the communication sales. It's all about social, social media, websites. Mm -hmm. And what exactly do you mean with uh, social justice and freedom? And those are so huge words. And Congo is such a broken country. How can you, how can you fight for those things? What do you do? What do we do? Okay. We just want to get what is our our rights. You see? We we don't ask for many things. We don't ask ask for money or big deals, but we just want the rights to be respected by the authorities. And um we train the population to be to be conscient what we can we can receive from from the government what they are supposed to give us and we want to be respected by the authorities <clears throat> how can i say it we need human dignity you see yeah of course yeah and that is That is our fight since we began till now. The first demonstration here in Goma, where the movement started, it was about it was all about asking for water. Can you imagine a population living near a big lake but missing water? And that was crazy for us. When we when we saw that we said this is not normal this is not possible we have to get water and we started asking for water we started a campaign called Goma Vedelo Goma Vedelo Goma needs water and the campaign went so how can I say we won it. Actually, we want it because now, now in this town, because I live in Goma, the most of population has now water in their areas, and the cholera epidemic is just disappearing because it was caused by the missing of water. You see, so those are kind of actions we do. Those are kind of demonstrations we. We organize here in Goma, in DRC, in general. So if there is a problem, a social problem, the Lucha try to find a solution by demonstrating, by writing. We are a non-violent movement. We cannot fight with guns. We cannot fight with military, but... We are trying to, to do non-violent demonstrations. Yeah. But anyway, there were, there were people arrested already in the, in the first demonstrations when you were fighting for water, right? There were the first people that were put yeah. in prison from Lucha. Yeah, yeah. 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 And now, are there, how many people are in prison now from Lucha? Mm, just one. Yeah, one person here in Goma. But he's not from Goma, he's from Ruchuru. I don't know if you, you know Ruchuru, it's in another territory. Yeah, he, he's from Lucha and maybe um, he's in, in, in prison one, one month now, for one month, yeah. There is a, a, a conflict there in Ruchuru between the population and... Um, a businessman from Belgium called uh, Demerod. Demerod work, works in the Virunga Park. I looked up this conflict. It's complicated. I'll try to make it as short and clear as possible. 
Emmanuel de Merode is an internationally renowned Belgian conservationist. The New York Times writes, He is the director of the Virunga National Park, a World Heritage Site that employs about 700 armed park rangers to protect nature. For years, there have been deadly attacks against the rangers. Just recently, in late April, 12 rangers have been killed in an ambush. A research project by German newspaper Die Tageszeitung Taz about money, weapons and park rangers says there are a lot of resentments against the rangers of Virunga Park. The local population accuses them of illegally burning down their houses, for example. The rangers become more and more armed and equipped, also financed by European money. This research project shows. And then, on top of this, there is a conflict about hydroelectric power plants around the park and Demerod. I found an interesting analysis on this. It's called Electrifying the Green Peace? It's from Ghent University and the Danish Institute for International Studies, Copenhagen. It shows, quotation, how electrification contributes to the expansion of a form of capitalism that prioritizes big businessmen over small farmers and amplifies social inequalities in Congo. There is not much electricity in Congo, though. And if you have it, power cuts are something you get used to. The World Bank says just about 20% of Congo's population has electricity. And Demerot says, he told the New York Times, He sees economic development as the only way of overcoming conflict. And then it's another additional question if hydroelectric power plants that flood vast areas of carbon-shrinking rainforest are a good idea to produce electricity. But we really need to go back to Grace now. I put everything in the show notes. If you want to know more, you can look it up. So the population is not Um, is not okay with that and Lucha from that area is trying to 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 stop the Merod they are telling him look uh, it's okay you are you are trying to make your business here but don't ask us to leave our land and uh, let you explore everything here so he has been arrested in those kind of demonstrations Okay. There were um, many people from Lucha in prison during the election when um, Kabila wanted to stay president, right? Also yes. For many months. I've been in prison uh, three times, but not, yeah, not for so many days, for five, six days. But uh, my colleagues, some of my, my colleagues who has been in prison for more than a year, yeah. And for what have you been arrested? When we was stopping Kabila to stay at the president's throne. In 2016, La Lucha protested against postponing democratic elections. Then-President Joseph Kabila should have stepped down after a second turn in office. At least that's what DRC's constitution says. But Kabila just kept on being president for two more years. When there finally were elections at the end of 2018, election observers were talking of fraud. New president Felix Chisikidi is said to be Kabila's puppet. Again, it's a complex story. Interesting, but we want to go back to Grace. You can look it up if you want. Grace spent a few days in prison because of this story others several months for handing out leaflets against Kabila and the government, for example. Yeah, that was the, the cause of my arrestations. Okay, and is it a victory now that he's not president anymore? Yeah, it's a victory. Let's say it's a victory because that was the That was the goal. Even if we are not yet uh, satisfied, but let's say it's a, it's a victory. And we, we keep on believing that we will, one day we will see what we are, we are fighting for. We'll see that uh, big dream 
we are fighting for. We call we call it Congo Nouveau. Congo Nouveau it means New Congo. For us, New Congo is is another Congo, different from this one. The Congo where people are not happy, where where rights are not respected. We believe there is a way to create another Congo. How does it look like exactly this new Congo? That new Congo looks like like a really Congo. A Congo where people are living in peace. A Congo where students can get scholarship from the government. A Congo where everything works everything works as it's it must you see because in this one we we just we are making our best to live actually the conditions are not livable if i can say it like that the conditions are are too bad there is no there is no everything Some people are very, very rich and others are very, very poor. And we, sub- we, we say that the situation is like that because the government is not responsible enough. And we want them to be responsible. We want them to be, to be government, to be the, the responsible government they have to be. Yeah. But it's very brave to say this out loud in a country like Congo. And you've seen your colleagues were in prison for many months. You've been in prison for a few days. Some were even killed. How do you deal with that fear? And now you even have a daughter. How, how can you deal with that fear? Or don't you just, don't you have fear? No, I cannot imagine. We have fear because we are human beings. We have fear like like everybody like maybe more than some 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 of you you see but the fear the fear we have is not how can i say it we have fear right and we have hope now the hope is bigger than the fear we have We have hope that this country, one day, this country will be what we want it to be. And for my case, for example, now I'm a mother. I have a kid and I want my, my little daughter to be proud of her country. I don't want her to be dreaming, go, maybe go to Europe or to America or in another country no i want her to stay in a safe country in a beautiful country that the reason why my fear cannot stop me i'm fighting not only for me now but for me and my kids for me for my husband for my family and that encouraged me and my colleagues every day Because we say, okay, what we are doing is not only for us. Now it becomes for all the people around us. So we have to continue fighting. We have to win this struggle one day. We have the fear, but the hope we have is bigger than, than that fear. Yeah, but it seems like such a huge, huge, huge task. I mean, Congo is one of the most corrupt places in the world. There's the war, there are all those diseases and refugees. And it it seems like if you turn one stone around, like you were fighting for water, and then you see all the corruption that's behind it and everything, how can you keep the energy of this? Wouldn't it be sometimes just easier to enjoy the little freedom you have i mean i've i've met people from congo that say yeah they just go out dancing at night they enjoy their fufu or the music and stuff and just don't want to deal with this huge 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 it's just it's bigger than any human person this huge task of the corruption and everything happening how how can you get that energy The, the energy comes with the, the small victories we get from this struggle. 
For now, it is impossible for us to stay doing nothing against corruption, for example, against war, against injustice and all those things. It is impossible to stay doing nothing. We have time to enjoy with, like all Congolese, we, we can party, we can travel, we can enjoy, okay? But the difference between us and those who enjoy only is that we enjoy by knowing that we have another responsibility we have another yeah another responsibility which is to change the country which is to contribute by changing the country and th that energy comes from the small victory we have since since uh, we we started struggling and do you get angry with the people who do not want to fight No, I cannot say that we get angry. What we do is to tell them what they have to do. And if they refuse, okay, they are free. They are free to refuse. But we make our best to encourage everybody to contribute, to contribute in this struggle because we believe that Not everybody can come with us demonstrating in the streets and do what we do, but everybody is able to contribute in his way, in his own way. For example, if you are in your office and you decide to not participate participating in corruption, for example, for us that is enough. That is enough. For, for us, you... You are doing what you have to do. If every Congolese decides to stop participating in corruption, corruption will end in this country. Yeah. Um, I read that you are studying psychology. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I'm not studying. Um, I studied. Are you, you're done. You're already working as a... I'm done, yeah. I'm not working as a psychologist because... Uh, Okay, here psychology is, is another another thing. People don't believe much in that. So now I work uh, with my husband. We have a company, and I work I work there as a project manager, a communication company. We offer communication services. Psychology seems that it could be very important for Congo, right? Yeah, it's very, very important. Okay, if I get an opportunity, I can do it as a volunteer, maybe to encourage people to listen to war victims. I can do it like a volunteer, but uh, not for, for making money for now, I mean for now. Yeah, but with this war, with this endless war, with millions of people killed and other millions of people being refugees, there must be so much trauma in, in Congo, no? Yeah, sure, sure. And why do people not believe in psychology then? Okay, there is, there is maybe another concept, conception here. It, it is not like like you in Europe. If, for example, if you, you have a, a problem, you have a trauma, what you think is to go and talk to a psychologist. But here it's just different. People believe much in, in uh, pastors than in psychologists. Yeah, they, people think that everything can be solved by praying by yeah hmm. god will solve the problems mm -hmm. and what do you as a psychologist say how can a country with so much trauma heal when so many people need healing mm -hmm. I, actually people need to to be, how can I say, most of us, even maybe even me, <laughs> we need to, to stop uh, those situations which are 
traumatizing people, that will be the first step. If war stops, if uh, war killing, if those, those things stop now, that can be the first step of healing. Then we can maybe organize encouraging seances, encouraging spaces when people can be talking, healing themselves. They can be listening to other stories. Maybe those stories can encourage some of them. Yeah, those are solutions I can I can propose. Yeah, and then they have to believe. And they, yeah, they have. In Goma, there are quite a lot of NGOs and also the UN, and there's this discussion. Some people say they don't help anything; they even cause more problems. What do you think? Would it help if if those NGOs leave? Mm, some of the NGOs help some, but they're not many. Others, I I think they are here like tourists. And that hurts, that hurts us so much. For example, the MONISCO, it's actually the, the first expensive mission, peace missions in the world. But it is just unbelievable that since they are here, the, situations, the situation is becoming complicated than before they came. So... It is unbelievable. It it hurts. Even we hate them now. We even don't want to see them here. But since the government is still supporting them, we are unpowerful. We can do nothing. But for me, they are just unuseful here, here and here in Goma, especially here in Eastern Congo. They are useless. I think there are some programs from other NGOs which are very, very helpful. For example, some programs with uh, Merci Corps, Médecins Sans Frontières, which are working very much in this repost program against Ebola and coronavirus. For me, those are helpful. But others are just here spending money, living in, like, they're like tourists here, making selfies, partying every Saturday, and traveling all over the world, but they're not helping this country. And is, yeah. do you still expect anything from the West? Yeah, can say we... We still expect something from them. I don't know exactly what. <laughs> I don't know exactly what, but any support which can can raise the country, any support which can help the population. Yeah, we expect it. We we need it. But NGOs are not helping, the UN is not helping, the companies who are extracting the natural resources, the minerals and everything is not helping. So what can you expect from the West? Um, I expect much from the governments than from the NGOs because the NGOs, if the government is serious, the NGOs can also be serious. So I just want my government to be responsible, to do what they have to do for the country and for the population. Those NGOs will not have another choice than, than to be serious. They will if the government is serious. Yeah. Okay. And what is Lucha doing right now these days? Are there any actions or demonstrations? Actually, now we are making some civilization to the population on how they can they can keep safe from the coronavirus these days since the pandemic started 
So we decided to stop all politic demonstrations and be concentrated on the corona coronavirus stuff. So you tell people that they shall not meet each other, that they shall wash their hands and all the rules that you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what are you expecting? What will coronavirus do with Congo? Mm, we are praying. We are praying. Uh, we are begging God for the virus to not be in Congo as it is in Europe, France, Italy, Spain, New York. Because here the, the health system is very, very poor. If the virus comes, get here as it is there, people will die like, like un uncountable, in a countable number, they will die. So what we are doing, we are making our best to inform people on how they, they can stop the virus because here it's impossible to ask people to stay home that is very very impossible people cannot stay home totally as you are staying home there because uh, many of us are very very poor they have to go and make small small jobs to get at least what to, what they can eat so we cannot ask them to stay home, but we ask them to wash their hands and to be very, very careful. To ask them to make sure they are protecting themselves, their families. And we are praying, we are praying God to stop that virus. So what are you doing? Are you going from house to house and talk to the people or what exactly are you doing? Yeah, we are going to ha from house to house. We are getting in the markets and the co common transports. And yeah, public spaces. Ah, okay. Okay, I, I hear your little girl in the background and also I don't want to take away all your electricity. Um, is there anything that's very important to you to get people understand what you are fighting for and how to support you maybe even? We need people to to show us some solidarity. We we are not asking for charity anymore because that didn't work here. We are not asking for food anymore. We are not asking for money anymore. But we are asking for solidarity in what we are doing. For example, if you see on internet a post, a post from La Lucha, please share, please retweet, please make sure the whole world see what is going on over here. We would like to be. We would like the world world to be interesting in what we are fighting for, what we are struggling for, and that will encourage us. That can give us more energy. Yeah. Okay, Grace. Thank you so much. I don't want to take away more of your time. It was very nice talking to you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Please be safe from the coronavirus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Then, just a few days after this conversation, on the 21st of May, Lucha member Freddy Kambale was shot by Congo police. You can hardly find any information on what exactly happened, but AFP writes... An activist was shot and killed by police on Thursday during a rally in a strife-torn region of Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo, a campaign group has said. Police in the city of Beni, in a region plagued by attacks from bandits and militias, told AFP that two officers had been arrested over the incident. Roughly 20 people had gathered in a stadium in Beni, for a protest organized by grassroots group Lucha against killings and general insecurity in the area. 
Residents have protested regularly against the failure of officials and UN forces to protect them. Roughly a dozen people were detained at Thursday's rally, according to an AFP correspondent who also saw the activist's body in a local hospital. I asked Grace if we could have another phone call. We set up a date, but it didn't work out. So we just sent some more voice messages. I organized the logical order of questions and answers here for you. Hi, Grace. Morning. Um, I'll send you some questions about Freddy and then um, just see what you can answer, if what's easier for you. I will send you a sound message for each question and then you just decide what time you have and how you feel, what you want to answer and what rather not, okay? So every message now just will be a question. Thank you so much for answering that and all the trouble and struggle and what you have right now, yeah? Okay, first question would be, who was Freddy Kambale? Did you know him personally and um, what happened? Why did he die? And how was the... How was the funeral? How was the atmosphere afterwards? What are people saying? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? What what did the death of Freddie Kambale do to the movement? How how are people in La Lucha thinking about that? How are they feeling now? Freddie was one of our most active member in the section of Beni. He was too young. He was 20, 20 years old only. Beni is in the east of the DRC, where there has been a massacre since six years now. Unidentified rebels are killing people and burning villages. So Freddie died claiming peace for his city. It should be noted that he was shot and killed by a police officer. His death saddens us very, very much. We are very sad, but we have the duty to seek justice for him. So we are more more than determined to continue and especially to obtain what he gave his life for, to obtain the peace in, in Beni. That is what I can say about Freddy. I didn't know him personally, but La Lucha is a big, very big family. We are more than a than thousand in the whole country. So for me, he's, he's a brother, even if I didn't know him personally, but it might be maybe someone I knew. So I have the same feeling as if it was someone I knew personally. Yeah. And then how many people of La Lucha got killed so far? I read about Luke and Kula whose house was burned down or whose house burned down in 2018 and there was this investigation that said it's um, it was just a faulty solar panel but I also read that you people from Lucha you don't really believe that three, three people of La Lucha has been killed since we started protesting. The first was Luke and Kulula. I will send you the the how they we write it. Luke and Kulula. He was one of the one of the pioneers of La Lucha. I had the honor of having him as my trainer and my mentor. So it was a big loss for me. He was killed, he has been burned in his home two years ago now. Yeah. 
we keep asking for justice for for, for that thief. We really hope one day we will know the truth about what happened for real. And the second was Obadi Muhindo, who was also from Beni. He has been killed in the same circumstances as Freddy and for, for the same cause. So in total, we lost three activists since since we began. And then also you said last time that there are small victories of La Lucha and the work that La Lucha did. There are victories about this, like the water in Goma, that you have drinking water there now and not so many diseases like cholera, no more. Um, what other victories do you have? What are the victories of La Lucha? Um, the small victories are very many, but let me let me maybe take this one as it is one of the big small victories. Um, it is the way we as with the with the population we could prevent the former president Kabila from running for a third mandate. Certainly the the political situation is still far from from what we are fighting for, from the ideal. But at least we have have been able to prevent this serious violation of the constitution. So we we are we are proud of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, Congo is one of the most exploited countries in the world since centuries, since this Belgian king came and declared it as his private private country to exploit. But do you see any chance that all the richness of Congo, all the natural resources, the nature, the copper, the cobalt, the gold, the water, all the things. I mean, Congo is so rich. Do you think it can be turned into something where Congo is really benefiting from? And if yes, how could that work? Um, our fight over the natural resources of the Congo is to ask our authorities that these resources be exploited for the benefit of the population and, um, of course, for the development of the country. If they can find investors who can exploit these resources for the interest of the Congolese, that will, that will be great. That is what I can say about the natural resources of the country, in, in short. Yeah. And Grace, one last question. I know you have so many other things to think about right now than answering my questions, but why did you study psychology when there are not that many people believing in psychology in Congo? Why do you believe in psychology? I, I took a, a particular interest in psychology because having grown up in the context of my country, I recognize that people need mental support after everything they have, go they have been going through. So I hope um, one day I'll be able to raise awareness of the population on the importance of the mental care. Yeah. So this was Grace Cabrera in the second episode of Radio Utopistan. If you want to look Grace into her beautiful eyes, you can do that on Radio Utopistan's and on her own Instagram. 
Thank you for listening. Again, I'm curious about what you think. Tell me. Also tell me whom else to talk to, what questions or topics to put out there. And if you liked this episode, please spread the word. Send it to your friends and family or whomever could need some inspiration for their very own utopias, private or global ones. And if you want to support Grace and her utopia, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. She says she wants to connect, remember? Solidarity instead of charity. I will put her accounts in the show notes. And also again, Robert Pilgrim's website. He did the music. And Christina Annas. She did the illustration for Radio Utopistan and this time also the proofreading. Thank you. The fact-checking was done by me, myself and I. That's not enough people I know. I will find a solution till the next episode. But I already found an intern. Tell you more about her next time. Radio Utopistan will be telling you more stories in about two weeks or ten days. I think we're gonna go to Gaza. Tune in and you'll find out. I leave you with a recording from the Lubumbashi Biennale 2017. Polish visual artist Anna Saratny and Congolese musician Livingston are singing about freedom. It was a spontaneous outburst in the entrance hall of an exhibition. Enjoy! Bye-bye! <laughs> Want to people, want to, want to, want people, freedom, 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 want freedom, freedom. The people want to frame black life vampires. What the baby you want to my mommy? I love you too much, you are free for me. I love you, I love you. Freedom, 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 freedom. One Africa. Tell me the story. Respect the master. Regular master.